good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight, and joining me as ever from across the pond, he's a statesman to my kingsman and a jolly good fellow too, Sean Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, friend? I am doing all right, Matt. Uh, here to discuss some movies this evening, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. It's a good thing, otherwise we'd have to change the name of this podcast to just the Bloody Awesome Podcast, which it is. If anyone's heard it, they know it is a Bloody Awesome Podcast. But, um, ugh, I mean, I, I almost feel like I shouldn't ask this, but are you keeping Florida safe, dude? I am uh, doing my best to keep Florida safe, but, you know, the, the state keeps fighting back, as it's known to do, right? Like, yep. we've got gators, we've got mosquitoes, and we, we've got, you know, people wanting to do things their own way. And sometimes that way seems counterintuitive, but you know, who knows? Yeah. What about have, you? Uh, yeah, we have people over there as well. They're just they're called idiots to keep it PG. Uh, <laughs> we've got plenty of those over here as well. Uh, yes, uh, not so bad. Uh, living the dream as ever. Uh, enjoying going back to the, these theaters and the cinemas because they are keeping things uh, on the right level in the UK. Still, they're still socially distanced and it's still um, everything's still sanitized and clean. So. Can't argue with how the staff at certainly the cinema I go to um, are handling this. I don't know about the rest of the UK because I haven't been on a road trip yet. But in terms of my cinema, can't argue, mate. And um, we've been there this week. Uh, We may have been because the film that we're talking about was also available on Disney Plus premiere. But Mm. before we get into that, the BAMP, bloody awesome movie podcast. If you haven't heard us before, firstly, welcome. Secondly, this is your home of non-spoiler reviews. Everything we talk about, uh, unless we get into a later segment and give you a big old heads up, our main discussion is non-spoiler. In a few days' time, we will drop a spoiler review of tonight's film. But beware, if you haven't seen this film, we're not going to spoil it for you. And this film we're talking about this week is Jungle Cruise. Um, so that, like I say, non-spoiler, last time I'll say it. It's directed by... Um, Jaum Colette Sarah. I've never known how to say his name, but Jaume, 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 Colette Sarah. Uh, written by Michael Green, Glenn Ficara, and John Requa. It stars Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, Edgar Ramirez, Jack Whitehall, Jesse Plemons, and uh, Paul Giamatti. Letterbox.com synopsis. Dr. Lily Houghton, Emily Blunt, enlists the aid of wide-cracking skipper Frank Wolf, Dwayne Johnson, to take her down the Amazon in his dilapidated boat. Together, they search for an ancient tree that holds the power to heal, a discovery that will change the future of medicine. Also based on a theme park ride. Uh, critically, how's yeah. it doing? 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's the critic score. Metascore has it currently at 50. IMDb user score, 7.1 out of 10. A very uh, respectable 7.1. And I can mention, this is out now in theatres, but it's also available on Premiere Access on Disney Plus, so you can watch it from the comfort of your own home for a $30 fee or a £20 fee over here in the UK, or you can head on over to the theatres. So, um, Jungle Cruise, then. This is a film which I wasn't overly uh, anticipating. Do you know those films where you think, oh, I'll watch it, but, you know, it's fine. You, you're not, you're not, you, don't, you don't dislike the idea of watching it, but you're not overly excited either. Mm-hmm. Um and originally, I thought it was two hours, 38 minutes. I was like um, the guy at the end of the world ringing the bell with my cardboard at my A-board. It's two hours, 40 minutes. The end is nigh. I thought, I can't do this. Turns out it's not. It's only two hours. It's actually two hours. And it's got about eight minutes worth of credit. So um, that was off the top 
uh, a massive relief. What did I think about the film? Uh, kind of pretty much what I thought. I think this film was all right. I think it was pretty good. It wasn't uh, as you know, worry, bad as I thought it could have been. Um, so if anything, it met my expectations and maybe a little bit more. So I had a good enough time with this film. It it went on a bit too long, which I have a feeling you might say the same as well. Um, but some of the back and forward, especially between... Actually, to be honest, the back and forward between Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, and Jack Whitehall, who is a English com- stand-up comedian who uh, I'm not too f- fond of either, certainly not on the level of James Corden, but damn. Um, but those three together were really good. They were really good. The Rock, uh, as Frank Wolf, he was the muscle, as they called him a, lo- a lot of the time. And he was there just to throw out very bad dad jokes. But I I ate every single one of them up. Emily Blunt seems like she's having a bit of fun uh, since uh, maybe since she was in Mary Poppins a good few years ago. She, she does have an iffy accent, despite her speaking in her native accent. It, does, it feels like it's wobbling between English and American. Uh, and Jack Whitehall, surprisingly, is uh, a decent actor. Uh, again, I've never really seen him act in anything other than uh, British sitcoms, which don't require you know the best of chops most of the time. So, but no, he's as a comedian. He, I expect him to have good comedic time, and he did. He was very good in this role, and I think he complimented Emily Blunt and uh, Dwayne Johnson, the the bigger names, very well. Um, Paul Giamatti knew exactly what kind of film he was in, and Jesse Plemons was having a lot of fun as well. John and myself are we're on the Jesse Plemons train. We think he's the second coming almost he's great and he's having a lot of fun here we've seen him in uh, th- uh dramatic roles recently but we've also seen him in uh things like game night where he just sort of pops up here and there and he's hilarious and here he is uh he's the villainous character that's all i'll say and you know he please he's he's chewing the scenery he's having some fun he's got an accent as well and some great facial hair he's have it's you know don't take it too seriously I, I, I learned that straight away with this film is, you know, it, it, it isn't quite, it's not quite the mummy, even though it's trying to be, it doesn't take itself yeah. even as seriously as that film does. I don't think. And that's saying something because the mummy is a hell of a lot of fun. So jungle cruise is, isn't quite as fun or as um, swashbuckling as the mummy. They are different films mind, but this did have more action in it than I thought it would. There's a, a big old set piece in the middle of the film. And obviously the end of the film, uh, as most films do nowadays, it's, building up to the big finale big old finale again no spoilers that's for the spoiler review but um for the most part though i I had a good time i can't really say anything i i didn't like i mean yeah some of the cgi was a bit naff some of the just generally some of the plot was a bit uh okay and um yeah it was about 10 minutes too long but hey i i enjoyed this more than i thought i was going to uh, and the intro was cool as well. They're in a museum. I enjoyed that. Uh, what did you think about this film, though, JB? So I, I liked it for the most part. Um, definitely didn't love it. And I am a really big fan of the 99 Mummy. Like, that's a movie I, I adore. I've watched many, many yep. times. Big fan. Um, I do think it, it definitely pulls from there. There's a lot of, like, almost one-for-one, like, plot devices from that. Um, uh, it, it pulls from, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark to a degree as well. Yeah. Um, or at least Indiana Jones, maybe, as a as a you know, kind of primer and, and pirates, which it has a lot in common with in that um, it's based on a ride. Uh, Now I actually, I don't believe I've ever been on the jungle cruise ride, despite having been to Disney world many, many times. Um, But apparently uh, the, the skipper jokes like him doing all those jokes. That's like from the ride. Like that's, if you ride the ride, (laughs) your skipper will make those type of 
bad pun dad jokes. Um, <laughs> I'm here for so, that. Uh, which is cool because it's actually something from the ride. Like, we're pirates. There's really not a lot from the ride. No. Now, now there's more because they've added a bunch of the movie stuff to the ride. But before, the, mm-hmm. like, when the movie first came, there was nothing. There's Anywho, one scene which feels like it might as well be the ride in this film. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, so I... I thought Whitehall was kind of my standout because I did, I wasn't familiar with him and I found mm-hmm. him to be pretty funny and charming. Um, yeah. And apparently he's, he's supposed to be the lead in the movie Clifford that's coming out. Like the, the, oh, the, big I think red he's dog. the, the dad or the uncle that oh, man. Uh, the girl, uh, which um, in the trailer for a second for Clifford, cause they had the trailer before uh, jungle cruise at my, my screening. And it looked, I thought John Krasinski was playing the dad because Whitehall looked like him and wanted like, he was like in the background, but I was like, is that Krasinski? And then it was not. And I was like, oh, I don't know who that guy is. And then it turns out, hey, he's in Jungle Cruise. What he a shaped for this film. He generally, he usually does have the Krasinski beard. I was surprised there to see is. him without his, I've never seen him. In fact, I don't think without the beard. Well, um, and I am, I'm a huge Emily Blunt fan. I think she's terrific. She's always going to be enjoyable. I also, I have been an avid supporter of Dwayne Johnson. I grew up in the Attitude Era of WWE, so I was a huge fan of The Rock, unless he was a heel, in which case I hated The Rock like I was supposed to. He, <laughs> he manipulated me all the way around with those emotions. Generally, though, I'm a fan. I've seen, I would say, most of his movies. I haven't seen all. I've seen most of. And I tend to enjoy him. What I realized watching this movie, though, is that I do not buy him as a romantic lead. Um, <laughs> there's something about him that is too unhuman. Like he's he is uh, very much like Arnold Schwarzenegger too, and he is I think a, a good comparison to those '80s yeah. not human action stars, right? Like there's not many of them. Yeah, and so it's hard to like envision him as a romantic lead. Um, and I, I feel like that's probably true for Arnold for a lot of movies too. Like I never really bought that he would get the girls. At least not in a a sincere way. Like maybe in a James Bond sort of way where like he quote unquote gets the girl, but he's not looking for a relationship, right? So I don't I don't think Dwayne Johnson can pull that off um in his current status because I just don't think that he like I, I question if he needs to eat, maybe even breathe oxygen. Like he doesn't look or behave <laughs> like a human. So and I, I don't necessarily think it's his performance. I just I don't think my head can wrap around the, the concept so much. Um, I want to also compliment, I, there's a chance I just missed later trailers for this and I was just content with the original trailers, but I feel like they keep a lot of this movie's plot in the dark in the trailer, at least the trailer I remember seeing. Like, I feel um, like they only showed like the first half so, yeah. of the movie because there's a, there was a twist or a turn in this film that mm-hmm. I had not anticipated from what I'd seen in the trailer. I could have anticipated based on seeing those other movies that we've referred to but I didn't think this movie was going to do certain things that it ended up kind of doing. I will say uh, for the time though, I watched this movie with the assumption because of you that it was two hours and 40 minutes. (laughs) That's what Google said. When it's like two minutes, it's like two minutes when it's like two hours and 10 minutes in and I'm watching, I'm like, I think this is over. What are they going to do for 30 minutes? And then the credits hit. I was like, hold on. And then I looked and found out that it was not two hours and 40 minutes. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So I was kind of relieved when it ended, not because it felt too long because I was expecting it to keep going. And then it didn't. Yep. And I was like, Oh great. Okay. Perfect. Cause I, I could not for the life of me figure out how they were going to stretch it 30 more minutes. I was like, <laughs> what now? Um, cause I even, I took a bathroom break at like 
probably like an hour and 45 minutes thinking I had an hour left. Oh, and I was no. like, I don't think I can hold it for an hour. <laughs> um, so I probably missed a few minutes that I di- I thought would be like the midpoint kind of lull. And it probably was like oh, really important dude. exposition, but oh, well, um, important exposition is in quotation marks, everybody, no. because it's a pretty straightforward it's story. It's not that kind not, of film, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's not much you can, you can miss. Um, I think it tries to do some cool stuff, especially for a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it does feel kind of superficial. Um, I, I think like you have the strong female lead with, with, uh, Dr. Lily Houghton Houghton. And Houghton. there is the whole, um, uh, you've seen missing link, right? Yes. There's a vibe from that movie too, because there's like this adventures league that she's not allowed to like speak at. Like we see her brother speaking at, yes. at the very beginning of the film. And like they, they, Oh, uh, some girl tried to do this. So there's this whole like push for like this feminist movement, like a, a Laura Croft esque Indiana Jones. You know, like it's in the Indiana Jones time period, but it's, it, we're really following, you know, Dr. Houghton, the female. And I do think she gets a little overshadowed by, by both a plot element and, with the rock. I think they, they push him to be too much of the, of the hero when I feel like it should have been her. And she does get some moments to shine, mind you. But I think with some of the, her character choices throughout the course of the film, it feels like they kind of push back on the feminism a little bit, not, Mm -hmm. not too much, but maybe more than they needed. Like, I think there's, there's a, a traditional Hollywood storyline that comes to play here that I think isn't necessary. And I think it hurts more than it helps. Um, and then I, I really, I liked her brother, um, in, in the mummy, Jonathan, which is Rachel Weiss's brother's character. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the actor's name. Um, uh, I see another British fellow. I can't remember his name either. He's, he's kind of like, he, he's the funny comedic relief of the group, but at the same time, he's kind of like more obnoxious where I found McGregor to be, uh, much more likable. Even when he's initially being pushed as that kind of, he's going to be a hindrance more than a help. I feel like he overcomes that and becomes more of a help throughout. The he gets of his the moments in the film. And I, I really, I like that a lot about his character because they actually gave him an arc and he wasn't just a comedic relief. Um, and yeah, and you know, other stuff is happening. It's, it's definitely not a bad movie at all for a movie. That's, and I, I think I felt that way about pirates too. I went into the pirates of the Caribbean with like very little expectation. Right. And then I was really, especially curse of black Pearl. I love that movie. I still, I will staunchly defend the pirates films. I am. I'm a fan of the first three the four and five get off the chart. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I like this. I hope this is the one and done though for this. Yes. Uh, cause I don't feel like he, like us. I mean, if they're going to go Indiana Jones style and she finds another thing she wants to pursue. Cool. I just can't tie back to the same, you know, jungle cruise. It can't be called jungle cruise. You know what I'm saying? It has to be like Dr. Houghton and the horrible hemorrhoids or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's gotta be, what the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah, like she's got to hunt the hemorrhoids, man. Um, it's poor, poor Frank. <laughs> That's a film I want to see. Yes, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> He's not used to sitting yeah, in chairs. Uh, um, overall, I, I definitely can see why the, the meta score is like at fifty because I don't think it's exceptional. Um, but I, I, de- I think it's pretty passable, and I, I really like these type of movies though. And I don't think we get enough adventure movies. We get a lot no. of action movies, but I like the whole exploration. Um adventure thing again it does feel like it's it's a bunch of other movies redo you know like it's not a original Mm -hmm. concept and even though it is not the ip is is very loose and could have gone in a dozen directions it does feel pretty formulaic overall but 
well done, well executed. You know, it's it's not it's not anything to complain about for sure. Yeah, that's that's all I could have asked for. Is I I didn't expect much, and I came out you know thinking that was that was all right. That was that was a good a cool way to pass two hours. Uh, oh, when right. hold the phone. Uh oh. Oh no. Oh no. I, I did forget. I keep forgetting to do this because like the immediate reaction I have to this movie, <laughs> and I alluded to this uh, to you before you went to see it, but I didn't want you to know why I was asking. Uh, but I asked you if you'd heard if you ever listened to Metallica. Yes, you did. I, wondered, you I thought it's because I thought it's because you'd heard Weezer's version of Enter Sandman, which dropped in the last day or so. Oh, I um, haven't heard that. In fact, now I will. Surprisingly, uh, it's surprisingly quite good, actually. But I, I wondered where really that came from. Did, so the opening music in the score for this movie is a yes. new rendition of "Nothing Else Matters." Yeah, nothing else that matters. They actually got Metallica to, to play on too, though. It, there's it, a whole article in Rolling Stone magazine about it, and. I didn't I was know like, that it was them. Yeah, I was floored. I, I knew it was Nothing Else Matters. Like, no question. The second yeah. I heard the note, I'm like, why is yeah. Nothing Else Matters opening this, this movie? Like, what is this about? riff all the way through the beginning here. But, but I was very surprised to find out that they got the entire band to come and redo, like, they re-recorded tracks for it because uh, it was a, a new version. It's not the exact version, and obviously it's an instrumental. It's, there's no vocals. But I still can't understand why. Nothing else matters is the opening score to Jungle Cruise. Like, there's no connection there. Um, um, uh, I'm trying. I mean, not just. It sounds good. I actually like the orchestra. You know, and they've done. To be fair, Metallica has been turned into orchestra with the S and M album they did several years yes. ago. So it's not the first time we've heard a Metallica song. And if any of their songs would lend themselves to classical, it is one. definitely nothing else matters. But nevertheless, never in a million years would I think the I would see a Disney graphic on the screen and hear a Metallica, Metallica. song. <laughs> um, um, I'm so trying to think. Weird. But other than it's just uh, other than the, the Colette Sarah just really likes the song. I mean, I've literally just done a quick Google Live on there and nothing. There's nothing to say why other than the yeah. fact that it is. <laughs> it's just there. Um Lovely, lovely song. I've, I mean, Lars Ulrich's never going to turn down a payday, that's for sure. Uh, Leave yeah. all Metallica, but uh, hey, it's cool to hit see it. And look, if Disney want to go down that route a bit more and get some hard rock songs in and change them up a little bit for films you'd never really expect to hear them in, then hell, or more for like you say, I, I knew it's nothing else mattered, but I didn't realize it's Metallica. I just assumed that you know they'd farmed it yeah. out to a you know covers band or something to give this kind of yeah. Spanish leg guitar type sound, but no. Really, very good. So um, there we go. Another positive for Jungle Cruise. Nothing else matters. Kicks it off. So yeah, I think we both uh, enjoyed it slightly more maybe than we thought we were going to. And in terms of those RT scores, uh, Metascore, yeah, the sixty-three percent RT sounds about right. Sixty-five, six point five out of ten, maybe. Uh, Seven point seven IMDb is also you know not far off where I thought it was going to be. So I am pleased with this. John, are you going to tell people to check this out in theaters or Disney Plus? Thumbs up. Yeah, I definitely will give a thumbs up to it. Um, there's no reason not to, especially if you if you like any of the cast. I think it's worth checking out for uh, at the very least. Yep, I'll say as well. Take, take it, uh, kids. It's it's safe for kids as well. There might be a few scenes where they get a little bit frightened, but other than that, it's a good old family film. Like John said, it's an adventure film, which we don't really get enough of those anymore. This kind of fun family action adventure film. So Jungle Cruise gets couple of thumbs up from the both of us surprisingly so now we're going to move on to our next segment which we call chuffed headlines uh, in this segment john and myself we take a movie or pop culture headline 
that caught our attention through the week and we indulged the other with our findings so john what was your headline this week so i'm sorry to make you double dip because i'm sure you're gonna have to talk about this on your other podcast uh but last jedi's new controversy shows it's the most misunderstood star wars movie um apparently there was another recent uh tweet that went viral um i'm trying to remember who it was uh, the article's long, but it's, I really think this is a really well-written article, which is in the show notes. Uh, it's from Screen Rant uh, mm-hmm. by James Hunt. I just thought one of the best articulations to why this movie was so uh, had so much vitriol and also why it's great and people need to reevaluate it. Yep. Um, and a lot of it, I feel, is to a, uh, a, a new term I'm hearing a couple of times, but visual illiteracy that a lot of times we think because it's a movie, it's easier to comprehend or, or process. But reality is that just like people can look at words and I, and go, Oh, those are words, but not necessarily take away the meaning yeah, of them. Understa- yeah. Um, is very similar with movies and TV shows is that people can watch it and misinterpret, uh, and apply incorrect things. And this, um, is basically getting back to the, the Luke Skywalker of it all, which is, normally now at the center of the controversy when this movie is brought up that's usually <laughs> the go-to argument right is that hey, yep. what they do to luke is is wrong and i completely disagree it, it I, wasn't again, wrong at all. this i think makes one of the strongest cases as to why um apparently uh, th- so uh the movie is often being discussed in some way but it sparked greater controversy and division when it started trending on twitter on july 31st following a thread from user at pegro pego bry I, I don't know if that's uh, about mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker and the ancient Jedi text um, and the Yoda dismiss the, how Yoda dismisses the, them being burned. Um, this gained fur- further traction when it was backed up. So this person tweets this thing and then JD Vance, who wrote the hillbilly elegy, uh, I think the book, not the screenplay yes. um, backed it up. And I, apparently he's running for us Senate. So I don't know if that's good or bad, to be honest. Uh, well, um, yeah, I don't want to endorse him yet just because he likes the film. So just in right. case. Well, I don't know if he likes the film. That's the thing. I It doesn't quote the original tweet here. So I don't know what the actual tweet was saying or not, but he backed whatever the tweet was. But uh, if you read through the article, the, I think the explanation and kind of the defense of this film, which is one that you and I, I think if we, we spent a whole one of your bonus episodes of the uh, Star Wars sessions talking about last jedi um as i am a big advocate of it i think it's the only only superstar film of the modern trilogy um and i definitely think it's better than than rise of skywalker which i think ruins so much that is laid down by this movie um but one of the the big arguments that he brings up is that um that star wars as a property is maybe not everybody gets it to begin with that. There's too many Mm -hmm. versions of what people think star Wars is. And that in, in and of itself is the problem and most noticeable in the sequel series, when you have two different filmmakers who clearly have different ideas of what a star Wars movie is. Yep. And I, I just think this is, it's a, honestly, it's more of like, I'm just thinking people should read this article uh, because it's really good. Especially if you are a star Wars fan, especially if either, I think if you dislike Last Jedi or if you're an avid supporter of it, because I think this is the best case I have seen laid out for why this movie is great and why people maybe need to come around to accepting this, uh, this kind of stance. But um, I, I, you know, Matt, we've talked many times, but I thought I'd bring it up just because it's back in the news uh, all these years later. Um, it's hard to believe how many years it's already been since this movie came out, but you know, time flies. 
It's been, what, three and a half years, 2017, December. So we're coming up to the four-year anniversary of people having a melt, of people's childhoods being ruined, man. I mean, RIP those people's childhoods, but um, they need to get out more. Luke Skywalker, I mean, I'm not going to get into the, what I, everyone knows what I think. I think The Last Jedi was great. The, uh, the first time I saw the film, I remember, because we, yeah, we did, a, we did about a 90-minute deep dive onto the last jedi for my patreon show over the sessions and we dove deep into this but i said on there as well that the first time i saw the last jedi i remember coming out thinking i think i liked it i don't know because it wasn't exact uh, i assumed it's going to be a big old rollicking fun adventure like the force awakens was but no we got something different and which is what we've all been crying for in the fandom is something different. Stop. We don't want the same old, same old, but then when we get something different, it's still not good enough. And then put on top of that, that a lot of people didn't like what, uh, Ryan Johnson and team did with Luke Skywalker, uh, including Mark Hamill. But then what people don't realize is that straight away after that, he says, now I think it was really good. What Ryan did with my character. And I, you know, it may not have been my choice, but having seen it and having performed it, you know, I, I I can see where he's coming from, and it was great. So that that last part's never uh, reported on because it's not sexy to say that. But um, yes. I am certainly going to read this article because whilst we were talk- you were talking, I was sort of just scrolling through it, and I kept scrolling, and I kept scrolling, and I kept scrolling. This is a yeah, I haven't read it, a, but it a- looks. I actually did read it too. A lot of times when I pick articles, I will only skim it. I like got really into this mm. article because I think it's so well articulated and. Um, it did, it takes a little while to get to its point because it does a lot of like the legwork to set up like the old arguments and stuff. But once it gets to this specific thing, um, I'll just read one thing and it, it refers to, uh, I'll actually read this little section. This, this approach to what came before is deeply embedded in Star Wars The Last Jedi. While The Force Awakens truly felt like a Star Wars movie in spirit mm-hmm. and tone, and the rise of Skywalker heavily relied on nostalgia and iconography from the franchise. <laughs> The Last Jedi is the sequel that best understands and uses the core themes of the franchise. Failure, family, sacrifice, hope, love, and the attempts by good to triumph over evil. And I just think that is exactly what I felt when I watched Last Jedi, is that it does some things that maybe people didn't want to happen or whatever, but ultimately I have, if you've listened to Ryan Johnson talk about the movie, I just, he gets. I don't know. He does, man. I'm just, and I am admittedly a a Ryan Johnson supporter. I think he does great work. He clearly has a love of cinema that I think shines through his work. But at the same time, it's like, um, you know, uh, I, I get, I have friends who were not happy with Last Jedi and I just, I never got it. I just think it's such a brilliant movie. So you know, know. Um, I hear that, man. If people don't like it, then that's fine. I mean, we all don't like. I mean, the Rise of Skywalker didn't work for me fully. Uh, I'm, and I'm more than happy to keep admitting that I like bits of it, but like some films just don't work. But obviously, to call it the worst film ever, <laughs> Jesus, I mean, come on. Um, and with Luke Skywalker specifically, I mean, what did you do at the end of Return of the Jedi when faced with the greatest evil of all, Emperor Palpatine? He threw his lightsaber, threw his lightsaber away. You know. I'm a I'm a Jedi like my father before me. He's not gonna. He doesn't want to fight. He did the most Jedi thing possible. He laid down his weapon and he didn't. You know, he, violence isn't the way. That's not the Jedi way. The real Jedi way. Uh, and then he got fried with the lightning and spoilers for Return of the Jedi. Vader saves him. Last Jedi. He gets his lightsaber. He throws it away. No. The only difference is it's a bit more theatrical than Return of the Jedi. 
and when and what he does at the end of that film is the most badass Jedi thing ever. You know, he he wins the fight without any violence. The Jed the Jedi way. You know, wars m- not make one great. Or whatever it was Yoda said and all that. He that was the personification of what a Jedi is in that moment. You know, he 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 won the battle without any bloodshed, apart from his own, of course, no, his own life anyway. And and the good guys got to escape, but and he just made a fool out of Kylo Ren. It was the most Jedi thing, and I think, and I get it. People wanted Luke to be, and I kind of was excited before the film came out, thinking, "Oh, really? You know, how cool is it going to see to see Luke Skywalker with a lightsaber?" taking people down i didn't expect him to be pulling star destroyers out of the sky like a lot of people did but you know i thought maybe we were going to get a scene of him with with a lightsaber actually you know fighting so on but we didn't and what we got instead was even better and obviously the mando's then gone ahead and given us that um given us that joy as well so i'm going to check this out because if anything the length of it shows that this is a well thought out article at least i mean you know, they've, the guy has um put his put his mind into this and hasn't just written any old waffle because you write about the last Jedi, you get clicks, you tweet about the last Jedi, you get, you get engagement and retweets because it's, I just don't get it. It's one of the most divisive films of this millennia or since, since the year 2000. And I don't get it. I, you know what I mean? I just, I don't, yeah. I understand people's frustrations, but I don't get you know, how much bile and vitriol was aimed at this and Ryan Johnson and, and the members of the cast. Let's not forget it's 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 awful but um hopefully an episode something like and a well-written article like this if it can change a few people's minds or at least get them to simmer down a bit win yeah yeah so last jedi we both like it um my one is uh <laughs> sticking with the disney um to disney controversy in fact you may have heard in the last week or so uh, that scarlett johansson is suing disney for uh, lost earnings due to Black Widow uh, coming out day and day on Disney Plus, uh, because apparently, according to her contract, she was uh, she would like most actors or actresses will get a cut of the ticket box office ticket sales, but because that took a massive hit because it was on Disney Plus Premier Access, of which she wasn't entitled to any of the money from, she uh, she has taken she's taken Disney to court to say, well. You owe me an awful lot of money because you've broken the con- broken my contract. Um, to and Emmy Emma Stone is apparently also thinking about this as are other actors. And um, yeah. Disney then responded in the most ridiculous way that they possibly could do by cut Blake saying that you know Scarlett, come on, there's a pandemic on. You can't be talking like this. You already earned twenty million. They might as well have put, ha- highlighted that and put big arrows in it. So they yeah. outed her salary, uh, they outed parts of her contract, and then tried to say that you know, come on, we're in a pandemic, you shouldn't be, shouldn't be asking Which. for more money. When all she's doing, look, she's she's rich beyond her wildest dreams. She's already been paid twenty million dollars. However, it, that's not that's not important. What's, what matters is there was a contract; it was broken. John would do the same. I would do the same. If a contract is broken. You you go you go to whoever you need to and you get it sorted out so you get what you are owed. Doesn't matter if that's twenty bucks or twenty million dollars. If you're owed it, you're owed it. It's in black and white. Um, so, oh, go on, John. Well, there's more news today, not directly related, but I think mm-hmm. will severely hurt Disney's claims because Shang Chi and Free Guy are not going to be on Disney Plus same day as theatrical releases. Uh, so <laughs> oh, the okay. fact that they suddenly are pivoting after doing you know, uh, four of their last movies that way 
mm-hmm. says that they understand that the box office is affected by doing this. And I think that hurts their case. I think it, it proves Scarlett's point that I would have made more money had you not done this. And the fact that they're changing all of a sudden, especially because they threw the shade at her about the pandemic. It's like, well, wait, wasn't, yeah. wasn't the whole reason to do same day because of the pandemic, but now you're mm-hmm. taking it away. But the pandemic, if anything, it has flared up since yep. the black widow's release. So what are you doing? Disney? Like you, you look like you're, you're backpedaling a little bit. I think her case, which I already thought was, I was on her side because the answer is give her part of the, the Disney plus. Cause they released the numbers. For yeah. Black Widow, Disney Plus, which they had not done for Cruella or for uh, Raya the Last Dragon. They they never told us how many people bought it, but they gave us direct numbers for Black Widow. So you outed yourself twice. Uh, and it's, it's like embarrassing. I, you, you give her a cut of that then. That's the answer, right? Like you give her her you, her due. You do it behind closed doors. You, you you set up a meeting, as people do, and we say, right, this is not a good look for for either of us. We, we, we realise we may have made a mistake here. Let's thrash this out, you know, behind closed doors. Instead, um, it was uh, the... Uh, I'll get to the headline, but it was uh, somebody called Xenia Mucha, who's Disney's chief communications officer. Um, they're the one who put out the statement calling Scarlett Johansson callous and calling it meritless in the face of the pandemic, which hasn't gone down well. But the headline is Bob Iger, Uncle Bob, as he's called. He's apparently, he's apparently just, uh, as we, as most people are, he's mortified. He's embarrassed. He's disgusted by how this has been. Apparently, uh, the rap are reporting that um, Bob Iger is putting the blame completely on uh, the current incumbent of the CEO position, Bob Chapek, uh, who hmm. came from running the theme parks into the ground, who's now looking to run the actual company into the ground. But Bob Iger, apparently, this is again, this is all apparently, but apparently he said the company's bungled it amongst other things that they've bungled this whole thing. He's mortified because remember Bob Iger was the one who facilitated the purchase of Marvel and built that damn thing up from the ground alongside everybody else. And of course, Kevin Feige was ahead of that. Um, however, Disney have come out and said, uh, none of this was true, period. The person who came out and said that, Xenia Mucha, who also put out a statement that G- Scarlett Johansson was callous. So this is starting to look a little bit like that. Mm. Uh, whoever that bloke was on SNL that uh, parodied from the Trump campaign and that awful woman that they had spewing lies as well during their campaign. It's beginning to look a lot like that. None of this is true, period. It's all fake news. No, what's really happened is D- Disney have Disney have shot themselves in the foot, the leg, the arm, the heart, the stomach, the head, everywhere with this. Just take yeah. it behind closed doors. You say what you want behind closed doors. It'd be as stupid as you want, whatever. But by putting it out there, now the whole world sees how this, how you're, how you're running your business, uh, and that could have repercussions down the line for you know stakeholders, shareholders, and, and business interest. But also, like you've, like we're saying other people emma stone sees this and thinks hmm dwayne johnson isn't bothered because he's probably you know he's he's raking that money in but who else is going to be thinking well, hold on well, our films are chucked on there you know like kelly marie chan and aquafina for ray of the last dragon the mulan mm. gang they're going to think well hold on well we didn't get anything out of this either so it could potentially be a a big legal moment in for disney and it could also destroy disney plus premiere if this <laughs> a worst case scenario but uh, uh, the main thing is Disney have bungled up. If Scarlett Johansson or any actor or actress is owed money or there's been a breach of contract, 
you sort it out in a professional manner. And this is not a professional manner. Yeah. And I think if anyone should be shaking in their boots, it's WB. Um, yeah. Because Warner's like had dropped all of their movies this year on to streaming. And now that there's this precedent being set that like is immediately Gerard Butler started suing for a movie from 2013 that he's done two sequels for. So <laughs> come on, Gerard. Uh, it's kind of weird, but yeah, like, but I've heard, I've heard that I they've mean, actually spoken behind closed doors with Warner brothers. Apparently they've, they're, they're dealing with it internally, which is, the which right is way how to it do. should be done. Which is what, but I'm saying, I bet you they were like, oh boy, we better get on oh, this yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, like, because this is going to set up, uh, a lot of people are going to start going, hmm, I wonder if we're owed money. And it's like, ah, yeah, crap. Um, but that, if they are doing that, good, good on them. Because that's what should have been done. Like, this shouldn't have had to be a headline for us to, to even d- discuss, basically. Yeah, and if, uh, and again, Bob Argo may or may not have been perfect, but he did a hell of a job taking Disney from where they were under Michael, whatever his name was, to where they were when he handed it off to JPEG. And, you know, there may have been stuff going on behind the scenes when Argo was there, but it never really as big as something like this, maybe like the James Gunn thing. But, yeah. you know, this is, ooh, this is this is something that, you know, Disney don't really want to be getting involved in. But sadly for them, they are. So um, very Disney-centric chuffed headlines yeah. well, this week. actually bef- before we move on just real fast just dropping these out there um clifford uh which i mentioned a minute ago with jack whitehall uh has been postponed till 2022 I, I read that and i was going to send it to you via whatsapp but i wasn't sure if you knew and i think that's relevant because of the pandemic this is the first movie we've seen get pushed back because of the re, re- well the delta variant yep. um so we are wondering uh if we're going is that going to be the one and only or are we going to see that start to happen with a lot of the fall movies is dune going to get pushed back again that kind of thing um concerning i'm sure theaters are extremely concerned because if it happens again i don't know if they open up again um yes and i don't i don't want to i don't want to go long-winded so if if you Feel free if you want to jump in, but I'm just throwing that out there. And another thing I found out today, I'm a big fan of Voodoo. I've been using Voodoo, V-U-D-U, for years now. I thought you like Papa Shango. uh, The digital streaming service um, that is like an alternative (laughs) to iTunes that was owned by Walmart. I believe, if I'm understanding it correctly, Fandango has purchased Voodoo, not the other way around. But Voodoo now says Voodoo Fandango, so they have merged uh, two of the stores now are one. Um, if you already have a Fandango account, you can merge your existing movies into Vudu. I had both, and they were already connected through Movies Anywhere, which is like a third-party service that links all of your accounts together. Um, but it's a, it's a you know it's a big deal. Uh, I think because I, I, the way I'm understanding it is Fandango st- still is owned is now just monopolizing a little bit like they had a streaming mm-hmm. thing but it, people really weren't using it or buying stuff from it but now it's integrated into voodoo which i'm kind of excited about because i just remembered my roku tv had fandango as like its default store so now it's going to be voodoo i guess so that'll nice. be cool uh, just make streamline everything for me um but yeah just those two little things i thought were worthy headlines just to throw out there because i think both are are kind of big, you know, Clifford moving is, is an alarm for, I think everyone to kind yeah. of keep an eye out. And then, uh, you know, th- these, uh, stores are so many digital stores, right? There's a bunch of other smaller ones that I would never feel comfortable just giving my money. Cause I don't know like how long they will last, but, uh, with digital media, that's always been a concern is what happens if a store closes here, we have one merging 
But what if one had just gone out of business? Would we lose all the movies that we had on that service? Uh, we haven't encountered that just yet, but it's something mm-hmm. to keep an eye on. Hopefully we won't. But it, on that, you, you're not wrong to mention that with Clifford because um, uh, online leaker extraordinaire, my buddy Bespin Bulletin, who is uh, always is the man to go to for your scoops, has been saying, he mentioned to me today that, you know, it's this is something that's been said a lot actually on uh, online, but that the Venom trailer, Let There Be Carnage, which dropped yesterday, they mm-hmm. they uh, they've removed all mention of the release date, which is September twenty fourth, and they've just put fall. And on Sony's website, that's been updated today as of recording. It doesn't doesn't say September twenty fourth anymore. It just says fall. So Ooh. you have to worry that if that gets pushed back, what about Hotel Transylvania two weeks later, Ghostbusters, Resident Evil, Spider Man, all within a few weeks and months of it, a month of each other? What what's the knock on effective? Venom is moved back, uh, so there's there's that, and also we, we as we know, uh, the Green Knight, which we may or may not speak about in a minute. Spoilers, um, isn't being shown in UK cinemas as of yet. A twenty four are distributing it. Entertainment Film Distributors Limited uh, are the ones who have taken over that, and they're the ones who made the decision to uh, put it on streaming based on that rather high um, offer. And the last A24 film they distributed was The Farewell, which was released in January in the USA, 2019, and September 2019 in the UK. So nine months later almost. So, hey, if if they are, if, there's, if if the streaming deal falls through, I'm not expecting The Green Knight to come out until at least sort of April next year, maybe, maybe May, which is unreal. So fingers crossed. But I mentioned those two off the back of yours because... What's, we don't really know what's happening. You know, all it takes is one film to drop, and who knows what, what, what else is going to follow. Has Green Knight mm. been pulled because there's a worry about UK cinemas going from September onwards when things start to open, uh, people go back and things start to open more? So I don't know, man. It's worrying times. However, we can all cross our fingers, wear a mask, make sure, make sure the rest of us can enjoy our films. But that was chuffed headlines. So now we're going to move on to media consumption which is our section where we consumpt media. So we talk about the movies, TV, video games, music, podcasts, which aren't ours, um, comic books, books, music, whatever it is that we've uh, indulged in to pass the time. John has always got a fabulous lineup. So what have you been checking out this week? Well, I will start with the Blank Check podcast. Uh, They covered old this week, which Mm -hmm. I really liked uh, some of their takes on how to look at it and one thing that i guess i've gotten kind of bad about is i i often criticize <laughs> dialogue um in film in general and yes, uh, same here. i think uh with especially with old it's clearly intentional i still don't know that it it's functional like i i i'm very okay with dialogue that feels unnatural if it makes sense like i i referenced the lobster um, but I thought they did a good job of kind of pointing out some things that I maybe um, was a little harsh on. Okay. Uh, but they also started th- their new series on the Patreon. The Patreon, they do commentaries, and they just did the Twilight series, which is why I finally watched Breaking Down Part 1 and 2 <laughs> after avoiding it for years. Um, they're doing the Riddick uh, trilogy. I-, I think it's a trilogy, right? We have we have uh, Pitch Black, yeah, which I love. Some, yeah. uh, Chronicles of Riddick, which I like, actually. Uh, I'm- I wouldn't say I'm a defender of it, but I enjoyed that movie and i never saw riddick um so i will be watching riddick uh to kind of go along with the patreon series um but two really good episodes recommend both um for tv uh the the film cast formerly the slash film cast but now just called the film cast um they had recommended garth Marenghi's dark place 
Okay. Have you ever yeah. seen this, Matt? I have not seen this. So I wasn't aware of its existence, but it's, it's Richard Ayoade and uh, uh, Matt Berry are both in it, who I am big fans of from IT crowd. But also I love Matt Berry on the FX series, What, what We Do in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's like super highlight of that series, to be honest. Um, I'm, well, and Guillermo, I love him in that series so much. But uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, dude, it's so... It's the same kind of tone, like of the Mighty Boosh, like that kind of parody, uh, dry, you know, sarcastic humor. But it's mm-hmm. framed as if it were like, what if Stephen King had a uh, weekly TV series where he was also the star and <laughs> uh, was doing kind of like a Twilight Zone thing, all set in a ho- in a hospital called the Dark Place. Um, and so he's like this doctor. It's great. It's it's there's a little bit of meta humor built into it because like he introduces it as the author. Um, it's not Matt Barry. I can't remember the actor who's playing the, the Garth Marenghi, uh, but he like introduces the episode kind of tales of the crypt twilight zone style, even Alfred Hitchcock presents style, you know, where he like, here's the setup for this week's episode, but it's always like super ridiculous parody kind of making fun of that type of like self-serious horror writer. Mm-hmm. It's, it, there's only six episodes. Uh, it ended after one season, but it ends conclusively. It's not, it's, it's to me, uh, that might not feel that weird to you, but for American audiences, our, our series always seem to run really long. And if they get canceled, they are, it's abrupt. Um, I have found that with the British TV, a lot of times the seasons are much, much shorter. There's often fewer episodes, but they always seem to conclude. Um, mm-hmm. like even the IT crowd feels like it's a little short in the end, but they, they did a movie and like they wrapped it up. Yep. Um, same thing here. It, the last episode could feels like it could have kept going, but it also feels like they've, they've concluded the chapter and you're good with, you can walk away and be content. So I like that, that it was only six episodes, but it didn't feel like you started something that was never finished. It felt like you, you watched a complete series, even though it's only six episodes. Yeah. So I uh, recommend that that's on Amazon prime here in the States. I don't know if it's uh, how it's available maybe for you to watch, but um, it's from like 2004. So it's an older series, but I didn't even know it existed. And I was very glad to, uh, to come across it. Um, I'm going to have a little look. It is on, it's on a, it's on a thing called film Four. Uh, no, I know channel four, which is so, so I can watch it online for, for nothing. There you go. Um, it's worth checking out, especially if you are a fan of IT Crowd or like the Mighty Boosh. Uh, it's it's yep. that Matt, type of thing. Matt Berry. Yep. Yeah, I love I love him so much. And he's on. He has another series. I think it's a Netflix series. Um, oh, I can't think what it's called. But uh, I've only watched the first couple episodes yes. about it. He's like a radio guy. Toast of London. That's it. Toast of uh, London. Yep. That was it. That's it. That's um, the one I could think of anyway. The, the first couple I saw are really funny. There's a really funny sketch where he's trying to record audio and the guy is like giving him instruction, but he's not holding the button down. Um, and like Matt Barry's like, you have to hold the button down or I can't hear you. And the guy's like, <laughs> it's, it, he gets so mad. It's hilarious. Come on, um, British humor. We, come on, come on. Yeah. Matt Barry, dude, he just, uh, he, he cracks me up because he delivers it. So <laughs> it's, it's like monotone, but not like there's like, <laughs> you know, I love it. Like, <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just odd is what it is. That was canceled after yeah. one season. That was sadly, Yep, but uh, so movie wise, I've watched a few things. I um, I watched I'm not there, which is a uh, 2007 um, biopic, kind of about um, oop, forgot his name. Wow. Uh, oh man, my brain's been doing this. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Kate Blanchett, isn't it? Yes, there's six actors all playing. None of them are playing Bob Dylan. They're all playing a thread of his personality and or his legend, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Okay, which it helps if you know something about Bob Dylan to fully grasp what's happening. I did not, 
but it's such an interesting film and the way it's structured, it kind of, it's like a postmodern biopic. Um, it's incredible uh, as far as that goes. I I, I don't think Corey and I kind of concluded, we watched it from movie club. We both concluded that it's, if you know nothing about Bob Dylan, this isn't the movie that's going to give you all the information, but it's going to spark an interest. That's going to make you do a lot of research on your own. Cause we both read tons of articles after watching the movie uh, to mm-hmm. learn more about what it was doing. It's, it's really, really a brilliant film. And it's also, it is interesting. It's not to say it's not, it just isn't a direct one for one of Bob Dylan's life. That's not what it's trying to do. Um, but it's really, really cool. I finally watched rebel without a cause, uh, a movie that's, um, I think too many people's gap list. I feel like it's one that maybe gets looked over, but you've heard and seen like a lot of references to man, James Dean, good actor. Who'd have thought, right? Like, duh. Um, but they're going to bring him back the other year. So, Oh, I hope they don't, but Dude. man, I, I really liked rebel without a cause. Um, also it helped. Uh, I already love La La Land, but it just, you know, now some of those scenes, uh, make more sense. Yeah. Like I never understood what he said when he's like, he, he brings up the movie to her and then he's like, I got the bullets. I was like, what does he say? I don't understand I what that bullets. is. And then now that I see the movie. I'm like, Oh, I understand exactly what he's saying and why he realizes she's never seen the movie. Cause she I doesn't say, react. Emma Stone's <laughs> me. It was also like, what's going on. And then, yeah. yeah. Then they go to see it and it's the wonderful scene. Um, so, uh, I saw the green Knight, which we were just talking about. Um, good Matt, for you, I, I love it. <laughs> oh it's, man. It's I'm, I'm good. I'm glad to hear that. I am a huge David Lowry fan anyways, but man, uh, whew, good, good movie. Oh um, yes. Uh, the blank check, um, in two weeks we start the, uh, John Carpenter. I think actually, I think it's this weekend. We start the John Carpenter series on the main feed. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I've watched last week. I watched his first movie that I'm not going to remember Star. what it's called. That's it. Dark star. Yeah. So this week I watched assault on precinct 13. Yes. I watched that a couple of months ago as well. Dude, that's fantastic. Isn't it's it? Good, like, isn't it? I was so like, wow. Cause I, I've never seen the, the remake. Um, but I've not heard great things it's about fine. it. Fine. And but this one, man, I was really into it. I kind of love the dynamic of the officer and one of the the quote unquote inmates. Um, I was mm-hmm. like, there's a part towards the end where I was like, I really like this relationship. Like, I, it's kind of cool. It all it does give they live vibes to me. Like, like you can see like Carpenter's uh, style like starting to kind of take form oh, yeah. in this movie. Um, and I really like that a lot. Uh, and then I'm, I am I was having a long day yesterday and I wanted something short and something uh, engaging that would maybe distract me. So I finally I've been meaning to watch this for a while, but I watched Guns Akimbo. That's the uh, oh, Daniel oh, yeah. Radcliffe kind of hardcore Henry esque um, <laughs> movie where he wakes up. Uh, it's from 2019. He wakes up with guns on his hand. Uh, the The picture of him filming this movie went viral because he looks <laughs> insane. Um, and like he's in a bathrobe out in New York city. And like there, the picture went viral. Um, it doesn't have great reviews on letterbox. I had a lot of fun with this movie. A and- lot of that is because of the director. I think there was a lot of controversy just before this film came out. I, I will find out what it was, but a lot of people uh. boycotted this film because of something the director, uh, did or said, I can't remember what it was, but I think that I may that. be partly of partly what because- happened. Because what I didn't know, I knew Radcliffe was in this. What I didn't know is Samara Weaving is in this. And I have become a really big fan of hers. I've seen a lot of her movies. Um, but she continues to impress me. Uh, and, she, man, she's a really good character in this yeah. movie. Um, major role, too, which, again, like I had no clue she was even in it. But she gets a lot to do. And she is having a blast. Um, 
she's also in Snake Eyes this year, uh, mm-hmm. which is not the best performance from her. I don't think it's a bad performance. I just think the character is like thrown in because of she's uh, Lady Jane. Yeah. I think no Scarlet, Scarlet. Um, I don't know. One of the GI Joe females, and she, it feels like they just threw her in to make sure there was a GI Joe in it, and it doesn't feel like she really gets a lot to do. But man, in this movie, I think she gets to showcase her action chops and her witty banter. She drops some jokes in this film that cracked me up so hard. <laughs> um, and there is, there's some cool stuff in it. Um, I think it's uh, hardcore Henry. I thought the POV was too much and it made me sick for like mm-hmm. three days. I was like, like motion sick. Um, I did not feel that way with this movie. I like Radcliffe too. I like him in these kind of quirky, weird roles. Um, I think he gets a lot of hate because people think he's just doing it to like try to shake off the Harry Potter stuff. But if you look at his career outside of Harry Potter, he's always done weird, weird stuff. He's done weird stuff ever since. Um, yeah. The death as soon as the Deathly Hallows premiere ended, he was. I mean, the woman in black wasn't weird, but it was a definite departure. And then from then on, for like horns and stuff like that, vroom. Yeah, completely. And I, I've enjoyed. I'm a huge fan of Swiss Army Man. Like I, you <laughs> yeah. know, I, I really like. I like Radcliffe. I think he's a talented actor. Yeah, and cool I think, know, yeah. yeah, I think it's unfair to uh, assume that he has to only do like family friendly stuff. Cause I think he's good in Harry Potter. It's not like he did bad in Harry Potter. Cause I think mm-hmm. you look at Robert Pattinson in the twilight movies versus what he's done. You see a different actor. They're I think growing, you just like... see, well, I don't think Pattinson enjoyed being in the twilight movies. Like if you watch like, especially the later movies, it looks like he's just going through the motions. <laughs> I've read the, his comments on it that uh, he didn't even think he needed a, he needed a job. He needed to pay some debts off. So he, he auditioned for this role. He didn't want the role, but he had to pay he had money. He owed to people and he was living, like sleeping on a couch. So he took the job. He didn't realize it's going to obviously be what it became. But at the same time, he also acknowledges the fact that without twilight, he isn't where he is now, so right. Um, that's important I, as well. He's obviously a very talented actor. Yeah, you know, he's been in some amazing movies. I think Radcliffe does a great job as Harry Potter, but I also think he does a great job in every movie I've seen him in. Like I've never watched a movie and thought he was like phoning it in. Even um, there's a movie where he plays himself. I can't think of what it is, but oh no, I can't think. Um, nope, I've got Imperium in my head. I've got Jungle, which are both very good performances and good films as well. I haven't watched Jungle, but I, I like Imperium. It's but decent I think, film, Jungle. I think he's like a, it's a cameo role where he's, um, maybe it's, a the holiday. Is he like a dog walker in one of the trailers or something? Like, I think that's, yes. Um, but yeah. Um, but again, he seems to have like a good sense of humor about himself. And I like that too, that he is kind of like, I am aware that people identify me as this person. I'm not that person. And I, I'm okay with also like making fun of it. And I don't know. I, I like seeing him have fun. I thought Guns and Kimbo was fun. I hope it's, I hate that there's a problematic element to it, but yeah, I just feel, I know. found out what it is as well. Yeah. It's, it's a director. It's not, this, it's not the rest of the cast. It's not the people who worked on it. The director is just an absolute jerk, basically. Ah, well, I don't, I'm not supporting him. I did like the movie and I also watched that on prime. So that's what I've been consuming. Matt, what about you? Um, this week I have been consuming in terms of, uh, podcasts. I listen to a few, not many. I listen to mainly horror ones or, um, any that get recommended apart from ones John says, cause he keeps trying to make me listen and I keep forgetting. So when I'm sitting there thinking, I want to listen to a podcast. I never think to listen to the one that John talks about each week because I'm daft. However, I listen to a one called Halloweenies. They covered demons, 1985, um, film uh, italian horror film 
um, Italian inspired horror film as well. Uh, and also like the series that spawned from it. Uh, Demons is a, you know, fun, daft, stupid old horror film in the, from the mid eighties. I enjoyed it. Um, so I listened to that television. I didn't watch any TV this week. I will continue with my promise to watch Loki. <laughs> I will do. <laughs> I promise. Uh, I've got Loki to watch. I'm going to start watching a few uh, as well. One called Berserk, which is an anime project uh, property. I'm going to watch that as well. I've heard good things about that. And it was a film as well uh, based on that, but I'm going to watch the series. Now, um, I ha- I watched Patriot Games this week, uh, the Harrison Ford film, because I- I'm not sure where it came from, but I asked my old man, my dad, um, what's his favourite Harrison Ford film? Or where it came from, but he said, he said, he said, oh, Patriot Games. It's literally, bang, Patriot Games. Why? Oh, I man. just like it. Just like it. I said, okay. All right, well, one day let's sit down and watch it with Crystal Dad. Went around and, uh, and watched Patriot Games, and Patriot Games is all right. It's, 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 cl- it's classic kind of 90s Ford act. It's a, it's a, it's a 90s film all over Patriot Games. It's the best I can say about it. Um, I watched uh, Annihilation, the Alex Garland film, uh, which I well, find yeah. now to be like horribly rewatchable. Considering the first time I watched it, I just did not vibe with it whatsoever. Um, but I re I rewatched it. I just think the cast in that are magnificent. I think the story is mm-hmm. wonderful. The end of which I once thought was just what the hell is this? Is now I think is beautiful. Um, the visuals, the, the nightmare bear. God, everything about it is just so good. And I really like Alex Garland as a director as well. Uh, um, obviously Annihilation, Ex Machina, the TV show Devs. Um, I always look forward to a Garland release. Um, I went back in time. Um, who am I going to call? Well, I called the Ghostbusters, the 1984 one, the original. Um, I'm getting hyped. I'm getting pumped for Afterlife. Uh, so I went back and watched Ghostbusters. I bought a ton of Blu-rays as well. I'll get to that in a minute. One of them was uh, Ghostbusters. I have it. I have the the DVD box set of the first two films, or to some people, the only two, but the first two films. Uh, but I am now upgrading and buying physical for the reasons that we've mentioned on this show before. That also, if one of these streaming services goes down, do I lose all of my films? Um, and also, there are some films where I actually really want to watch, but they're not on any streaming services i go on to just watch nowhere has them i could rent them but why why spend 3.99 to rent it when i can go down to cex and buy it for two pounds on do blu-ray and keep it so i am old school in that sense that i might want my collection to be to be booming and large uh, and also again i can just go and watch it whenever i want i haven't, even, I haven't got to worry about using you know using my thumb to search i can just go pick up the box so ghostbusters it's a classic it's one of the best films of them all uh, i know john loves it i love it i've got um uh, I'm, I'm on the train again i can't wait for afterlife i just hope it's good i'm sure it will be good uh, and also um, i'm pulling a john now i watched the suicide squad the new james gunn um iteration of the suicide squad uh, i'm going to save my thoughts on that because john and myself are going to speak about this and also it hasn't been released in the states it was one of the rare films that came out in the uk earlier it came out a week before in the uk so i got to sit down and watch that i'll save all of my thoughts for next week but i did watch the suicide squad i did watch it on the big screen um and that's where it's got to be is that's where you've got to watch it if you get the chance to obviously if it's safe and if you're comfortable get on the big screen and watch that um other than that that's about it for me this week, um, JB. And, you know, that was a bloody awesome episode, but it so can come at a cost sometimes, as you well know. During the week, we have to find new ways to remain bloody awesome in order to make sure that these shows are at the level you've all come to expect after 
Well, we're creeping up to 100 episodes now. So, uh, John, what have you been doing to stay bloody awesome this week? Family. <laughs> uh, Family. So, uh, I, I had, uh, for the last year, I've had a reminder on my phone every day. Um, it just pops up around like four o'clock and says, reach out to three people. Um, because I, I have a bad habit of losing track of time. Um of like how long it's been since I last spoke to someone because I, I get wrapped up in my own stuff and I do yep. all, I, I stay pretty busy. Like I've, I recently laid out my, my kind of day to day schedule to a friend and they like were flabbergasted how I can possibly function. Um, and Corey often calls the question how I, I survive off of my five hours of sleep. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I realized, um, w- my wife and I were driving into, uh, the, the adjacent city and, um, I realized my grandma died four years ago and like, it, it seemed like it was like a, like a year ago at most. Right. Like, mm-hmm. but it's been four years already. And, uh, that made me realize I hadn't spoke to a couple of my family members for four years. Um, and one of them I've spoken to more frequently, but I hadn't spoke to for about a year. So I, I messaged my aunt and, um, I was talking to her and she, she encouraged me to reach out to, um, my younger cousin, and the funny thing, he's only six years younger than me, but mm-hmm. in my head, he's like 20 um, <laughs> because that's like the last time I really of spent course. time with him. And so like in my head, he's a lot younger than me. But um, so for the last three days, I've been talking with him and it's been great. Uh, it's been really getting to catch up and um, me probably bombarding him with too many suggestions of things he should watch and or listen to uh, as I my whole world is surrounded by media. And that's what I like to talk about. So I feel bad um, if he's overwhelmed with the amount of recommendations that I've given. Uh, but and then a, a little shameful because like um, he was like he's really he has like a master's and in, in, I don't think I don't know what the name of the degree is, but it's involving physics. He's he's into physics and science. Um, so he's like, I think that's what gets me into science fiction. And I was like, oh, you like science fiction, do you? And so then I like, I went on a long list of movies he should watch. Um, and one of them is Vast of Night that we covered last year on the podcast. And then I was like, very shameful. Like, I'm like, by the way, if you do watch it, here's the link to the episode. You don't have to listen. But, you know, <laughs> yes. um, uh, but I'm like, I'm just going to throw it out there. If you if you want to hear my thoughts on the movie that I recommended to you. Um, so uh, but it, it's been really great catching up with him. Uh, I, I found out though that he lives way closer to me than I realized. Like where I, I'm going to make an effort to actually spend some uh, actual time with him, not just texting. But uh, you know, it's it's very easy to lose track of things. Um, I, I've had a um, my grandpa died in 2006, and he kind of was like the glue of our family. And mm-hmm. when he when he passed the family definitely like schismed and, and people went off into different sections. And, uh, you know, sometimes if you don't talk to one member of the family, then you end up kind of not talking to many of the members of the family. So my, my, uh, I'm not real close with most of my family at this point. And I'm okay with that. Um, I have friends that are like family, uh, and some that live in England. Hey Matt. Um, but, uh, it's been nice getting to connect with someone who is, uh, technically blood. Mm-hmm. So, um, even cousin, you know, so, uh, that's, that's what I've been doing to stay bloody awesome is reconnecting with some family. What about you, Matt? That is a bloody awesome way to stay bloody awesome. I, I hope you had a barbecue and you all had the Coronas, you know, like family would, and, you know, you drove off to cliff and inexplicably swung to the other side and didn't die. Um, which obviously you didn't cause you're still here, but no, that's lovely to hear, dude. Um, you're right. You reconnect to, to you know, it's nice to reconnect with those, who uh, 
um, you haven't spoken to for a while because, like you say, sometimes sometimes you never know if you're going to get another chance. Um, yeah. But no, that's that's very cool. Mine is um, well, so slightly less lovely, and it's more for me. It was great, but I, like I said, as as we know, as I've said before, the pandemic's been a behar has been awful um so i finally got re-employed again hey look I'm, I'm i'm extremely employable but not in a pandemic um and the paycheck came in i'm thinking right it's, as i mentioned the blu-ray collection or there's the film collection in general let's bulk this bad boy up again because um it, it, it's been lacking in recent years because i've had um where i've been back and forth you know i've had blu-rays here i had some in like various loft attics, sorry for you, my American friends. They've been a bit everywhere, so I need to kind of collate them all again. But I went out and bought, I don't know how many, I'm going to count off the top of my head, about 22 Blu-rays. Um, but because they were from this shop called CEX, which is, um, I don't know what the alternative in the States is, but, you know, you, you, they're, they're pre-owned and you can go in and get a Blu-ray for, they range from like 50p, like 75 cents to... Um, on average about five bucks maybe and then you get some which are more expensive like exorcist 3 was which was i don't know 20 bucks maybe because it's the new screen factory one uh which i haven't seen anywhere else for under kind of 30 30 30 pounds 40 dollars so um so some of them i've already seen some of them are upgrading from dvd some of them are films i haven't seen so i've been buying that i bought myself a ton of new clothes i am going to be coated in some new sauce from now on i can't wait to and then most of them are film based as well um, I did send one to John. So is I'm actually wearing it right now. In fact, I don't know why I'm showing everyone because you can't see it. But John <laughs> had this T-shirt, didn't he? This exact Jurassic Park T-shirt. Yes. Yeah. Um, really it was odd. A, a loot crate exclusive if, at the time. So yeah. Uh, I, I I really like it. It's got they have like the pop vinyl art. Um, That's right. For the the characters, and I, I really really like that shirt. Yeah, and I, I'm now carrying the torch for the Bat Boys, but uh, uh, but and also uh, and just some like cool kind of pop culturey uh, stuff, which is now uh, adorning my living quarters. I've got the Ecto One license plate just staring at me. Hello there, uh, and a few things on order. So I haven't gone mental, though I do deserve it. But uh, it's that kind of nice freedom of thinking, man, this is what it's like to be an adult and buy stuff. Uh, plus, I've bought all the other boring stuff you need to buy, like paying bills and all that. <laughs> But yeah. you know, it's nice to be able to just indulge in things uh, once in a while. Plus, um, by the end of this week, it's uh, somebody's birthday by almost by the time this episode comes out, isn't it? Uh, it is close to my birthday. I yes. I will be uh, turning the old thirty nine on yeah. August seventh. Still, as David Brent of the Office said, you know, we're we're still in our both still in our thirties. So doesn't matter what the doesn't matter how old, we're still in your thirties. So. Don't worry about that, my friend. And you've still got 370-odd days of being in your 30s. So uh, that's a good thing. Nothing wrong with being 40, but life begins. Um, so family and I don't want to say fortune because it's far from it, but buying stuff uh, has been how we've been staying bloody awesome. And at some point, it'll be a, it'll be a uh, ticket to Florida to go and watch a film and do a live BAMP. That will be superb and eat the big old portions of food um so that is our jungle cruise non-spoiler episode as we mentioned in a few days time from the date this is released we will drop our spoiler uh thoughts on the episode and as mentioned the suicide squad is the film we're going to be talking about next week so james gunn's the suicide squad comes out in the states uh, just after this episode comes out we're going to be dropping our spoiler and non-spoiler thoughts on it next 
week. So we're very excited to hear what John thinks about that film. But until then, you can find us on social media, on Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. We're on Instagram too, aren't we, John? We are. We're at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. Uh, and if you're still enjoying Facebook, which uh, seems to be dwindling, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, you'll find us there as well. Uh, if you want to find me online, you can do whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and just search why I watch tonight, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Letterbox, and you'll find me there. And if you want to find John, I'm at burkreviews.com and at burkreviews on all the social media platforms. Go check out John. Go listen to John and Corey as well. Um, if you ha- if you did like what you've just heard, please do uh, share it with your friends. Let them know that there's a a movie podcast made by movie fans for movie fans. I'm sure that moniker has been taken, but it, it, it relates to this. Uh, and we would really appreciate five stars on your podcast provider of choice. It gets more people listening. And it just means we get to engage with film fans on a regular basis is what we're all about. So uh, that was the episode. And with that, stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bloody.